What's up, y'all? This is the one and only shot to Thunder Willie Mac. It's your boy Hot Fire. This is Fred Ottman, Tugboat Typhoon. This is Royce, ISAAC dollar sign. This is the Interview Queen, Alicia T. This is the Callahan Death Machine and the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling, Sandy Callahan. This is the AirPod God, MLW star, Richard Holiday. And you're listening to. And you're listening to. And you're listening to Broken But Glorious. Broken But Glorious. Broken But Glorious. Yeah. So hello everyone, it's Stephen Jackson, aka DJ215, here again with another exclusive interview for um, everyone. And I'm delighted to be joined by another member of the Scandigraps group, um, Victor Thunderbolt. So how are you doing, Victor? Hey man, I am doing pretty great actually. Yeah, I'm pumped to be on and, and talk about a little wrestling. Um, so, uh, you know, there's not much wrestling going on actually live so we'll have to talk about it on air instead <laughs> yeah yeah i was one of the questions i was going to ask him um, to start with um as well as saying thank you for coming on it's a great you know honor to have another member of the um nordic and scandinavian scene uh, on the podcast so thank you um is how's everything well the, the main question i've asked everybody is how's it been going with covid where you are and you know how's everything progressing over there just in general dude thank you so much for having me it's uh it's really awesome having everyone you know just reach out and getting a chance to just i don't know spread the word about scandy grabs and what's going on in the nordics because you know we've we're kind of shut in so any word out outside of our territory is is great because then people go like yeah okay there's wrestling there too and that's cool um so yeah it's um the whole COVID situation in Sweden has been kind of relaxed for good, for um, better and worse. And the worst part is that um, we've had, you know, more cases than our neighbors. Uh, on, on the other hand, we're still, it's a, it's a small country. So, I mean, it's, it's been like 5,000 or 6,000 dead compared to a couple of hundred in, in Norway and Finland, which had, you know, much more uh, powerful uh, shutdown measures. Yeah. So, I mean, the, <laughs> the for better part is that we've been able to move more freely. Gyms have been open, stores have been open. But on the other hand, like the the death toll has been well significantly larger but still on a, a a much smaller scale than the the really large or and bad hit countries yeah um i mean you know the figures in the uk have been very very high um and yeah. you know i mean hopefully now with what um boris and the you know the government have mentioned um a few weeks ago things should be hopefully opening up a little bit more and you know we should be looking a bit more hopeful going into you know, 2021 than what we did do, and um, you know, I think it's been a it's been a big impact. Well, it has been a big impact on the world, the whole COVID situation and the whole pandemic, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. I think one thing what I found what has been what I expected to kind of come to a halt halt was um, wrestling incentive mm-hmm. both being being presented by promotions and you know, the community coming together and watching things, you know. And one of the questions which I will come to straight away, um, although this is just an audio interview, I can say that Victor is currently wearing a, 
Um, very envious of this uh, New Japan, a black New Japan logo um, T-shirt. So New Japan Pro Wrestling, who throughout the pandemic have been producing shows and have been, you know, um, very prominent over in Japan and New Japan Strong as well over in the, the United States. Mm-hmm. So, and one of my previous guests, Pete Phoenix, mentioned off air that you were a big fan of Purezu, so Japanese wrestling. So, oh yes, oh yes. yes. Um, so we may as well start uh, with that. So, what, oh, what yeah. you know, yeah, where does it come from? The whole love of the uh, Japanese style and pro rezu. Well, um, so the, this shirt, uh, just <laughs> as mm. a, a minor brag, I, br- I bought it in in Japan at a oh, uh, wow. live Korakuen Hall show. So, I mean, it's it's a really treasured possession of mine, and it it keeps amazingly well. So, anyone who is like, I should. Hmm, should I buy a new Japan shirt? Buy a new Japan shirt because they <laughs> they keep they are serious good material stuff. Um, totally worth it. But anyway, uh, for me, uh, the the Japanese style has been, you know, f- for such a long time for me. It's it's been ever present in in the way I've developed. Like from from early times when I you know used to play Street Fighter too and and like learn these games start watching anime as a as a kid every time you 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 know just experience that culture pro wrestling is there you, if if you don't know about it you don't know about it but in every one of these games there's a pro wrestler okay. and you know these games are they're all from japan <laughs> there's no pro wrestlers in mortal Kombat. that's from usa like the, <laughs> But there's always like in Tekken and in Street Fighter and the fucking in all of these games, there's always a pro wrestler and they're always pretty fucking strong. <laughs> and and you know, and always in anime, like when a character flips out, they're gonna fucking German suplex somebody. <laughs> so, you know, as as I watched this, I was like, yeah, this I, I fucking like this. Um, and you know, that wasn't the only. Um, experience I had with pro wrestling I I would see you know the WWE WWF stuff uh, as I was growing up as well so I I had you know both influences Uh, but at some point then like um, I, I, I watched too much anime and I suddenly realized I could speak Japanese it's it's a long longer story than that but wow uh, so I went to Japan and I, you know, at that time I wasn't like, I've, I've been there many times now. So, uh, but um, at first I wasn't, you know, a huge pro wrestling fan, but I, I would always appreciate it. Always go like, I should go watch it, you know? And then at some point, like this whole culture of me, like, I've I've been consuming so much Japanese popular culture during my time that and and then I found pro wrestling, and then I found that pro wrestling is huge in Japan too. And I'm mm. like, this is a faded discovery for me. Like <laughs> pro wrestling is is and and my Japanese interest is like they go hand in hand. This is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 um, so so I came in with that kind of mindset. That's why, for example, I use the German suplex with with the whole bridge and stuff because mm. I'm I'm like. I'm really into the whole thought of it. There's an aesthetic to it, like the sporting aesthetic. Yeah. And I love that aesthetic. (laughs) 
so uh, that that's kind of how how the connection goes so it's not like one thing it's like everything no. <laughs> that's am- i mean that's amazing um it's similar to me in a way in that i when i was younger um as we've just seen off air you know, I was first introduced through Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so that's, you know, Shredder obviously is, you know, part of the Foot Clan, Japanese. Power Rangers was big when I was a kid, so, you know, the whole uh, Super Sendai, so, Sendai, sorry, so, you know, you find out about Japanese culture through that, and then mm-hmm. you grow into wrestling as a time, and then you find out, like, through Tajiri and Takamichi Noku, there's Japanese wrestling, and you're like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And then you see a guy like Jushin Thunder Liger, and then you realise there's you know new japan pro wrestling and it's like like you said a completely different style and aesthetic you know much more Mm. sports based in the newspapers um you know much more um realistic presentation and aesthetic Mm -hmm. like you just mentioned and i mean in terms of the actual when when was it i mean in terms of what was or what are your fa- who are your favorite Japanese wrestlers, and what was the one match which kind of made you a true fan of Japanese wrestling? Is there a moment or a match what stands out to you? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to actually, and it's gonna be super unexpected. You would think like it's Minoru Suzuki or something. I fucking <laughs> love Minoru Suzuki, by the way, but it is. Um, I watched this match between Manami Toyota and Aja Kong. It's, oh, yeah. it's it's all Japan women's wrestling. It's like a big fucking main event. And, you know, Aja Kong is like this big fat woman, 100 kilos. And Manami Toyota comes out and she has that raven black straight yeah. hair and that, you know, almost Ric Flair-esque robe on. Mm. And she looks like a superstar. And, you know, Aja Kong just looks like a fucking, like a bulldozer like the mismatch between these two and and during the match toyota just goes full fucking force and she runs into this big fat woman over and jumps and like she tries to kill herself against this giant of a woman and every time she kicks out instead of kicking out she fucking bridges up and screams Mm. like she's about to die and and you know that (laughs) that that fucking heart that she has in in these matches is when you look at that you go and they also they kill each other they murder each other yeah. it is like joshi puro is on the level with kurt like that joshi puro and st- some of the stuff in, in stardom still is that way but back in the day like those main eventers from that you know all women's japan stuff they were so good their their german suplexes are so perfect <laughs> <laughs> everything like they were so good at professional wrestling it is unfair so i mean that is one thing that made me like when i saw that i was like dude this fucking reaches the heart mm. <laughs> and so um I, I think that's uh that's something that really touched me but when it comes to like one favorite japanese wrestler it's probably katsuyori shibata Yes. Uh, because, again, with the heart, right? Yes. Like, it, like you you can have Osprey. He's, he's fantastic, phenomenal. Like, you can, it's, it's impossible. Like, he's so good. But then you have, like, people like, I don't know, just um, 
who shall I make? Okada or, yeah. or Nakamura or whatever. Like mm-hmm. they are, they are incredible. They are amazing. Uh, but Shibata has so much heart. Like you can see that when he punches people, he means to fucking punch them. And that, like that kind of heart, that touches me, man. Like that. It's it's like it's like Daniel Daniel Bryan. Like yes. Shibata and Daniel Bryan, they they have some sort of similarity. They do. And like that that stuff just gets me going, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember vivid, because the thing with New Japan as well, up until around 2000, and it was actually uh, the Wrestling Observer where it won King of Pro Wrestling 2012, won the show of the year, where I was like, um, and the match of the year was uh, Minoru Suzuki against Hiroshi Tanahashi. So I knew of New Japan, and I'd watched New Japan retrospectively, and I'd watched other, I'd watched like the Four Pillars and things in all Japan. I've gone back mm. and watched things. Yeah, you know, Misawa. Kawada oh. is phenomenal. Kawada yeah. is just on a different level in terms of that fighting spirit is just unreal. Kobashi, you know, I love Kobashi. Yeah. Um, but when I did see, um, as you mentioned, Shibata for the first time, it was, I remember it vividly. It was the, um, it was on Ustream. <laughs> so I had to, this was before New Japan World. If people remember that, so it was new stream, and it was the G1 Climax 23. So it was 2013 G1 Climax, and the match was um, Katsuri Shibata against Tomohiro Ishii, and it was around 12 minutes long. This particular match, if you, I hope you've seen the match, but it is an absolute war. It's like 12 minutes of two, <laughs> as you talk about, with that fighting spirit and that where they're just fighting for their lives. And this big mm-hmm. bull in Ishii who won't go down, and Shibata who's just kicking the hell out of him and knocking him down, you know, and the crowd are going crazy, and you're like, oh yeah. my god, this is just something. This guy hasn't got a flashy robe, he hasn't got like, you know, a flashy entrance. <laughs> but my god, he has this a guy. Towel. Can... Yeah, but this guy can just. He was so unique at what he and the headbutts. Yeah. Like obviously the headbutts yeah. ended his career, but my god, I've never seen a wrestler with more disturbing headbutts in all of wrestling. But it's Certainly. just the adrenaline rush. I mean, I did. Yeah. I mean, when you did actually go, this is this is another question off topic from the ones I have written questions by the way. But obviously, this is a you know. But when you did go to Japan, did you seek out New Japan or did you seek out another promotion and watch that? Um, what was the main aim when you actually went as a fan? What was it you were going to watch? Uh, I went to see New Japan. I tried to get tickets for other stuff as well, uh, you know, but it's kind of hard, actually. Mm. <laughs> I mean, the uh, thing is, um, <clears throat> I like, there's this whole, you know, I speak, but I don't read so well, like, hardly at all. And, yeah. and they've got, like, like these these machines where you can buy tickets from and the, but they're they're a mess and they're always sold out so it's like <laughs> okay what the fu- how do i get tickets and then i start looking up online okay you gotta line up you know two hours or five hours before the show and they open this little little booth on the on the very corner of koraku and hall and then you gotta wait in line to <laughs> go get the ticket that's how you get the tickets apparently so when i did that i got the tickets like really easy and I was like, "Fuck yes!" Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so I took my uh, my fiance, who she she says she doesn't like wrestling, but like if you give her one two beers and uh, that that she, she'll shout as loud as anyone. <laughs> so, I mean, 
we saw we saw it live. We were real excited. It was fun as as heck. I, I mean, Korakuen Hall shows are great fun. Go go watch them if you're yeah. ever in Tokyo. Watch them. Uh, I, I I really wanted to watch DDT and or Stardom, um, but I I didn't get the chance really. Yeah. How are you? Um, one of the other things as well at the moment, as well as New Japan, which has had a meteoric rise over the past, you know, ten years now. It, it kind of has come from being a, you know, the biggest promotion in Japan to being one of the biggest promo, well, the second biggest promotion in the world, which it kind of was, but the actual Western exposure had been lost slightly. But now, hot on their tails is Pro Wrestling Noah. They're the, mm. they they've really come up this past couple of years. With Go Shiozake, um, Katsu, uh, Nakajima. I can never pronounce Nakajima's first name, <laughs> which is annoying. Uh, Sakuraba, um, and you know Keiji Muto, uh, also mm-hmm. the great Muta, who recently mm-hmm. won the GHC Championship. Um, are you are you watching any Noah as of the moment, or is it kind of is it only exclusively New Japan? Have you any sort of interest in Noah as well, or where does it kind um, of uh, grow the interest? I, uh... I'd say <clears throat> I uh, c- currently I don't you know spend so much time watching as a fan. I more like follow up on highlights, stuff like that. And if mm-hmm. if a match is is you know particularly fantastic, I will follow up on it. But you know, truth is, if it were more easily accessible, like so you didn't have to go on a streaming service on your laptop and sit down mm-hmm. to watch it but like if it was on the tv i'd have it on constantly mm-hmm. um so i mean um thing is i i uh, you know pro wrestling as as a pro wrestler is something you not just digest as a fan but something you like dissect and and look at and try to learn from uh a lot of it anyway um <clears throat> and that makes it hard to just sit back and and watch but not watch or like yeah. soft watch so i try i try to um, i try to follow up on on different things like I'll, I'll watch an aew match or like a dark here and there uh yeah i'll, I'll watch some power you know nwa power oh, yeah. uh, stuff like that um or you know a New Japan match or follow up on New Japan highlights. So I'd say I um I'm pr- I'm pretty split. I just watch whatever's out there. Yeah, um, same for me. You know, I mean, there's that much wrestling out there, and even throughout the whole pandemic, it's just been so overwhelming the amount of wrestling what's been you know available to watch. And you know, even with them, um, you know it was kind of where I first became introduced to Scandigraphs was through the pandemic, you know, um, mm-hmm. and through looking on YouTube and finding clips and following people and, you know, getting to know people. And, you know, it kind of introduced my um, myself to another area of the European um, wrestling um, sort of um, style. You know, it's not. Ju- I mean, I mean, a lot of fans ordinarily see the European style as very British. You know, and that kind mm-hmm. of um, based around England and Scotland and things. But Scandigraps kind of has its own style in itself. And I have asked other wrestlers this, but um, I mean, being of the Scandigraps group, do you have have you kind of do you feel a different style being a Scandigraps wrestler? Do you feel it's a bit more physical, a bit more kind of um, 
more based in the psychology, like I've spoken to wrestlers about? Is it a bit more kind of traditional wrestling in that mm. sense, but not traditional as in like the old-fashioned sense? I mean, traditional as in right, the sense of it. the psychology. Yeah, would, would you agree it. with that, or do you have a different take on it? So it's, it's kind of hard to pin down... Uh like the nordic wrestling as as one style because it's it's really different between the promotions because of how they run stuff like mm-hmm. that like some some of the pr- promotions in the nordics have kind of really lenient styles and go like go out and do your thing and others have more of a um here's what i want you to do and here's how i want you to do it mm-hmm. so th- there's not like really one way or the other but i i'd say that like a strong theme going is a lot of women women versus men matches like intergender matches uh partly because like the crowds are are you know really feministic so like seeing a woman sort of empowered to fight against a a bad man is like a it's like a natural like really really good powerful story here yeah. it's like it's easy to get behind and nobody nobody's gonna go like ah that couldn't happen or wow <laughs> you know that's that's improper because a man shouldn't be beating beating a woman but it's like no that's feministic like he's beating her so she can beat him you know they, they're yeah. fighting each other yeah that's cool you know so i i think that's a really strong theme going um and then um i i'd say there is a lot of kind of typical, like kind of hard heel versus baby face type of psychology going on. Like um, very rarely will you find tweeners and stuff like yeah. that. There is, there are clear cut baby faces and clear cut heels in in the territory a lot of times, um, and and a lot of focus on that. Like, you know. classic kind of pro wrestling stories yeah um i from what i've seen of you know the uh scandinavian style that's been something which has struck me is the you know the baby face and heel dynamics are kind of clear cut and you know um it it does seem a lot more kind of like in the words traditional i mean as in like you just said Mm. the you know the strong baby face the strong heel the um traditional classic wrestling psychology mm-hmm. side of mm-hmm. things which is interesting to watch given like you said between us today and like in american wrestling you know the um actual dynamics of the baby faces and heels has kind of been lost in certain places so it is really refreshing to watch it in a modern you know in a modern setting um in terms of actually becoming a wrestler and because obviously Sweden is kind of off the map in terms of like oh, yeah. wrestling, oh, yeah. how did you get introduced to it and how did you become trained in wrestling? How did that come about um, if it was in Sweden or what, what happened? No, no, it was, um, it was Sweden. So um, I was walking down the street in uh, central Stockholm one day and um, I guess it happened twice. The, the first time I, I came across this ridiculous looking wrestling poster and I was like, this piques my interest. So I started, <laughs> you know, Googling and looking at like that. This, this was early smartphone days. So it was just barely access to YouTube 
on the phone and I, I found some stuff and it was really ridiculous like one dude got you know beat up with a you know the rubber dildo like the yeah. really jiggly rubber, like he got beat beat on the head by this this really weird dude like a like a polish a, a polish like buff guy getting beat with, by a by a really really weird gay man with a wig with a you know floppy dildo stuff but, and i was like this is interesting and fun. I lo- I love the characters, stuff like I got to see this, you know. And then it kind of fell off the map for me. I, I forgot about it. And then like, I don't know, sometime later I came across it again and I was like, okay, this time I have to see it. And then I rallied a few friends because I felt like I couldn't go alone. I should have, but I I felt like this is something you bring your friends to. You don't go alone to see the circus. You go as a group. Yeah. And so, um, <clears throat> so I came in and it was like really dingy and kind of secret, almost like almost illegal feeling. And so mm-hmm. you get to sit like it, it was, you know, in an old abandoned almost train yard and stuff like that. Oh wow. So so it's like okay we're there early so we get to sit right next to the ring and you you can bang the ring nobody's telling you not to stuff like that it's like okay it's hard you know and then like the moment it all starts you know out comes this (laughs) this kind of fat kind of strong looking viking guy and he, he starts talking smack and then somebody comes from behind like you know, in, in a balaclava and hits him in the back with a chair and my heart starts pumping. I just, I, I just got to get up. Like, I have to stop this. He's being assaulted in front of me. And then I realize, shit, it's a, it's a show. I got to sit down and enjoy the <laughs> show. And then, you know, like from there, I was, I was hooked because, you know, the feeling you get when you see someone hit somebody and, and, and sweat just flies and you hear the smack, like, People people can say it's fake all you like, but if you go to one wrestling show and you see a hundred, you know, what is it in, in oh, whatever, a hundred kilo man crash into another hundred yeah. kilo man and they both fall into the mat and it goes kaboom. Like, how do you fake that? <laughs> if you know what I mean. And, and that, you know, that gets any heart raising because you can, you can see the sweat fly. It, it flies onto you, you know, stuff yeah. like that. So um, anyway, so so that really got me hooked. And and then I was like, okay, you know, as, as you always do when you get interested, you, I, I check their web page, stuff like that. And there's a little link at the bottom goes, want training? Mail us. Yeah. So, and I'm like, mm, okay, okay. So, and uh, eventually, I at that point, I had been doing martial arts for for many years, like uh, uh, jiu and uh, Muay Thai and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I was pretty much into full contact stuff anyway, no problem. Um, so, you know, I, I emailed them and uh, as it turns out, they had like this, um, I, I can't really call it a wrestling school. It was more like a communal training center like a wrestling school usually has a head coach right yeah this this was more like the the most senior wrestlers would train the less senior wrestlers and then it would sort of pass in a succession of that and then like you would bring in these like outside people who have you know been trained by or are famous trainers 
so I'd, I'd get like basics, like running the ropes, basics, body slam, basics, suplex, basics from these fellow wrestlers. And then I'd, you know, get the occasional, you know, sort of, this is how they do it type of stuff from, yeah. from more famous names. Um, for, for example, Mike Quackenbush or, um, uh, who is now disgraced, uh, but, um, uh and um uh juice robinson for example took uh oh, he, wow. he just came passing through our uh our sort of territory over a, a month and a half or something and just uh sort of trained us for wow. example so um you know i i've i've received some i've, I've been trained very shortly by tatanka <laughs> wow so i i mean it's it's a very hodgepodge, like as you can hear, like uh, Mike Quackenbush again disgraced, doesn't <laughs> to be a very nice man, but uh, he was very nice to me at the time. Yeah. But he, um, that doesn't excuse any. Let's not talk no. about that stuff. No. Uh, but um, it, it, like that stuff, his his style of wrestling. I don't know if yeah. you've seen Chikara, but Chikara. Oh yeah, yeah is very comedy heavy, very mm-hmm. do own thing and, and try weird things, new things. And, and the WWE stuff, even like, for example, the, the newer stuff through Juice Robinson and mm. like their stuff through guys like, I don't know, Tatanka or, or, um, uh, I don't even know who to, who to pick. Um, for, for example, a kind of, famous trainer his name is starbuck he's yes. been japan he's been mm. i think he's trained by lance storm yes trained by lance storm yeah i yeah. interviewed him for a written interview um mm. for the wrestling estate yeah and he was trained by lance storm yeah yeah wow. so he's he has a lot of pedigree you know yes. so i've been trained with or like i've trained with people who have like really really different styles of wrestling and i've sort of pieced together my own style from that i mean even even like guys at the knuckle locks like um, his name is david francisco right uh yes he's one of the trainers there so i mean anything from from uh british wrestling to uh to uh, wwe style to anything else so i mean um but but this all results in in um you know nobody really has like one style in in the in the nordics like there, yeah. there's there's such a difference because in the Nordics, there's there's not like one super duper credible trainer who trains everyone, mm. or two or whatever. Because in 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 England or in like the UK, right? There yeah. there's there's these names. Yeah. There's like these Marty Jones names. There's like these, you know, these people who used to wrestle for World of Sports and stuff like that. These are mm. these are real names. They they mm. know they're they're wrestling. And and they can teach you right. Yes. <laughs> they can teach you the style, their <laughs> style, you know. But but here you have you just have access to them for for a day or two days or three days, and then and then it's like okay, well on to a new trainer and and back to the old style. So <clears throat> so there there is there's a lot of difference between between how people wrestle. Yeah. 
Um, that's phenomenal. I mean, it, it's interesting because, you know, um, take a guy like Juice Robinson, again, going back to New Japan. In WWE, he was, you know, CJ Parker, didn't really make much of an impact, went over to New Japan and they loved him. And he's gone and become a megastar in New Japan. Yeah. You know, he's huge, <laughs> you know, and yeah. I love his work. You know, I think he's a phenomenal oh, yes. wrestler. Um, and, you know, in terms of... Mike Quackenbush, we won't get into that detail. But again, you know, a guy who um, has trained a lot of people in the art of wrestling. And, and Chikara is an actual promotion, you know, in terms of, again, that traditional babyface and heel dynamic mm. and the technicals mm. and the rudos and the yeah, slow yeah, burning yeah. storylines and stuff, what they did, you know, very unique. And, you know, I think what, um, like you said, there isn't one definitive style and it is a mesh of different different mm-hmm. styles and you know like you said i think it's interesting for a lot of people because they only see say like the european style because of what they see on wwe is predominantly someone like william regal or mm-hmm. finlay or mm-hmm. the nxt uk so say for example pete dunn or tyler mm-hmm. Bate or you know it's not that style it's a it's a you know mesh of styles um, and you can, you know, you've just said there the amount of different trainers you've had and different influences and things, and it really does show in, you know, in your work because, you know, um, you've been fortunate as well because you've had the opportunity to wrestle for two major Denmark promotions. One was uh, Copenhagen Championship Wrestling, um, and the other was Body Slam. And yeah. I've interviewed a couple of people from both promotions. And when you did go into both promotions did they have different vibes? Like I know I've spoken to people oh, yes. from, and you mentioned about the, the sweat flying off. Like it's interesting because everyone has spoken from uh, CCW said that because of the physicality, you can see the sweat and you can feel all the slaps. And then in body slam, it's a bit more kind of the, you know, razzmatazz and a bit more kind of show busy. Did it feel like that coming in or what was it like going into those two promotions? Well, um, <clears throat> so CCW has, traditionally had kind of a laid-back vibe to the organization of, of like, here are your limits. Mm-hmm. You you get to work within them. It's more like, okay, go out and have a nice match. It doesn't – you don't have to worry that much as long as you do what, you know, you're here for. Do your gimmick. Um, so at CCW, it's a – Everyone kind of tries to top each other, and it becomes like this fun, like, heck yeah, we're gonna tonight, we're gonna fuck things up, you know, <laughs> and and it becomes kind of crazy because <laughs> there there's a lot of space to do crazy shit in CCW, which is fun. It, it's um, you know, the the shows are uh, anything can happen there really. Yeah. Um, and and then in the body slam situation, it's, it's more like um, they really have things on lockdown. They're they're really uh, kind of they they feel like they have a good structure and and there is enough you know instruction stuff like that. So they um, they're a little bit more um, like this is what we want and they have they have a vision and their vision and their product is is so beautiful it, like you've seen you've seen the stuff they put out so mm. i mean 
so i mean they're really different in that in that regard like one is sort of um like CCWs is is a spectacle of of energy and and fun and crazy and and Body Slam is almost like a like a production almost like it should be a TV production yeah not, not quite it's not like you don't get papers with your with, with uh, here's here's what you're gonna say tonight you know yeah. stuff like that it's it's not that much but they they are much more you know structured and, and well done and it's like so. I, I guess that's sort of the difference. But on the other hand, there's a there is a certain overlap of wrestlers between the two. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's not it's not entirely exclusive, which means that you know so, some of the stuff carries over and stuff like that. Yeah. So um, I I, I do want to wrestle more for Body Slam though. I've only wrestled for them once so far. Yeah. Um. And I, I love the fact that they've got two completely different presentations. They've got, oh, yes. uh, you know, I love that fact that, you know, you would think that a lot of um, promotions from the... I mean, that's one thing I said before about the British um, promotions for me is that I love British wrestling and I love technical wrestling, but I do feel sometimes that the um, identity at one point was becoming a bit oversaturated in that there was a lot of the same British kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like everything was different for, for me as a fan. Um, whereas with the um, Scandigraps promotions, it feels like everywhere is slightly different, which is nice because you get a different vibe from each different, from watching it on a screen anyway, and hopefully one oh, yeah. day I go and attend oh, the yes. show, you can see the different vibe, which is cool because it makes you watch a different product, which is great. Um, and it's interesting as well, you mentioned about the... Um, wrestlers transferring from or moving from promotion to promotion because one of the wrestlers who um who i just mentioned earlier on who has wrestled for all three um major denmark promotions is pete phoenix who gave me the access to one of his matches he had uh, which was against you in um in sweden freedom pro wrestling (laughs) i loved that match and we spoke about that for um you know for a while and um what was it like wrestling Pete and what was that particular match like? Cause for me, I thought it was again, that great baby face and heel dynamic as we spoke about. And it was really just a ton of fun to watch. You know, what was the experience like wrestling Pete and just that match as a whole, was it a fun match to take part in? Oh yes. Um, that, that, that was a, a really fun match. It was, uh, the last one I had before, um, <clears throat> before Corona set in, uh, Pete is extremely talented, and, and mm. uh, he has so much potential um, e- even even now. So, like, it's it's really fun to wrestle against him. Um, he's just crisp, I'd say, um, which makes you know the wrestling really easy. Um, like, he's good good at character work stuff like that. So, I mean. Um, a lot of fun in that match was, I mean, so Freedom is, is sort of a new promotion, and we're we're trying to trying to build it up and like make <clears throat> some of the some of the stuff really stick and try to make yeah. like the the storytelling stick. And part of that match was the importance of this new finisher that I was trying to like show off as the Thunderbolt. Uh, and, and, um, so the whole match was about building up to a point where 
because the Thunderbolt is the quintessential babyface, essentially. Like um, the whole the whole gimmick is Mister Power Up. Like, like I'm I'm the kind of guy who goes in. I'm all smiles. I have fun because that that's who I am. Like I wanna I wanna get in the ring and I wanna play with the crowd and I wanna play with the opponent and have fun. And the other guy. He wants the spotlight. He's going to try and steal it away from me. And he's going to, you know, he's going to do the stuff that heels do. And eventually, like, for example, in this match, he he, he went so far to piss me off and, and to try and rob the crowd of what they wanted. They wanted that power up. And in the end, all I had left, like, after everything that happened in that match, um, I had to pull out the secret dangerous weapon and drop him more more or less square on his head. Yeah. And and that is that was like the story of this match like what does it take for the thunderbolt to unleash that that like really dangerous kind of driver where he drops yeah. him straight down. And and so um like we had to work in that and like the crowd was was really hot with the whole power up situation and so i mean i just had a a shit ton of fun (laughs) because uh like it's just so much fun to you know hype up a crowd and go all power up and they go power up (laughs) and it's fucking so um it was it was all energy that night and uh pete played his his part real good man yeah he did you put they both he, did. The, he put freedom over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it was a f- phenomenal match. You know, I thought it was brilliant. I thought the performance you both put on was fantastic, and the crowd was so, um, you know, into everything what was happening. You know, I think it was fantastic, and you know, I can't wait to see you both go at it again at some point. You know, because I just would love to see you go wrestle again. And what I loved as well about that particular match was that. And I've, rest, and I've asked this other wrestlers as well from Scandigraps is that the fans over in the Nordic countries are so passionate about what oh, they're yes. seeing. They are so... Um, and passionate in the sense that they react in a really... Mm. And much like Japanese fans in a way in that they react very um, just organically it's not like anything's forced it's like everything they're with they with they're with you the whole way and um i've asked other wrestlers this have you any funny stories with any of the fans or any funny moments or any <laughs> nice moments like because because one of the things i will ask is like in ecw we would always have the same fans sat in the same seat every week and they would do a different thing each show which would relate to the previous <laughs> show or whatever is there any been any of those stories with you at all or anything what's happened with particular fans oh yeah uh, i yeah. mean all, all kinds of stories. I mean, just one example is, is in, I don't know if you've heard anything about Gothenburg pro wrestling, but, but they have, that's a, if, if you haven't checked that place out, they've got some good stuff. It's, I will definitely check those it out. It is, yeah. it is fun there. And like the Gothenburg stuff uh, on the, on the front row of the Gothenburg stuff, there's always like a, a few really diehard types they have the same masks on and they they just enjoy it like they have they have personalized signs for some of the wrestlers mm-hmm. stuff like that so they, they are they are super fun um that that's just one example um in in ccw i think that is one of my proudest moments and i will i will keep this like if i could hammer this moment up on my wall somehow i'd, I'd do it but um 
in this match in CCW, <clears throat> we had this big old, like, I don't know how many six man or something, um, elimination, everybody's in the ring, you know, like it, it's, it's chaos. And so everybody just falls out of the ring, beats the shit out of each other. It's trash cans and chairs and all, you know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> balls to the wall. And <clears throat> so I find myself, uh, fighting Saim. Have you, Yes, I've, yes. Yeah, I haven't spoken to him, but I've, I know of him. Yes, I know who you yeah, mean. Yeah. Yes, yeah. He's a, he's a big, big, thick guy. Yes, and he is. So yeah. I beat on him a few times, and then I look around, and right next to me is this little kid. He's maybe 10, 12-ish, and I'm like, and so I, I pick up the kid, and, and, <laughs> and the parents go, no, 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 and I'm like, don't worry about it. It's fine. I'm going to be real careful. So I scoop up the kid and I tell him to, you know, stick your feet out. And then I wham his, his little feet right in Saint's face. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I use a child as a battering ram. <laughs> and he, he's fine, of course. So I, I set him down and it's like, yeah, thumbs up, power up. And then I keep going. <laughs> so, I mean, I have I have used a child as a weapon in a <laughs> So again, if I could, if I could hang this up on my wall somewhere, I would. <laughs> Unfortunately, it lives in my heart. <laughs> that was actually one of the questions. Was that particular match and memories of that match? Um, uh, was um, <laughs> I was going to come on to was that it was it was a six man elimination match you took part in just before lockdown. Um, that's fantastic. You know what a great story. <laughs> did you talk to the kid afterwards? The the parents afterwards? Did you see them at all after the match? And, oh like... no, um, there, there's <laughs> so much people and so much yeah. stuff going on, and you're you're like sweating bullets and and <laughs> bruises and <laughs> so I mean like. I, I I have no idea where they went, but apparently no. the kid the kid is a um, like he is a regular, so um, I, I think he had the time of his life. <laughs> <laughs> or I yeah, hope so. Anyway. Oh yeah yeah yeah. He wrote back to me. He was like, "You used me as a weapon," <laughs> and I was like, "You were a great weapon." And he was like, "Yeah." So I I, I think I think it was all good. Oh, that's brilliant. Uh, um... I, I had a lot of fun that match. I I, I love. I, I'm kind of a playful wrestler, especially as um, like I love improvising in my matches. I love yeah. um, like I love the chance when you just stop up and you see something and you go, yeah, I'm gonna do that, you know. And <clears throat> in this match, um, that that six man, <laughs> it was um, people started flying out over the ring, and I, I was the first one flying out over the ring, so. Uh, I, I dove down onto Saim and somebody else, I think Looking Sharp maybe. And then, um, so everybody falls up. And then eventually somebody or some other throws um, Sebastian Day. He's a, he's, he's pretty, um, he's pretty thin. He's not super heavy. Yeah, yeah. Fly over the top rope and nobody's there but me. And I'm like, I see him flying down towards me and I just go, Come here, buddy. And I catch him. <laughs> Just cradle cradle style catch him. Like perfectly. Like I saved his, his poor life because he would have crashed down and then just murdered himself. Um and so I just catch him and then I go, Yeah, I caught you. <laughs> and then somebody else falls down with us. <laughs> that's that's um... kind of that's just I just love these memories where you just do something stupid and the other wrestlers go, go like, what the hell, man? Did you come? 
<laughs> and nobody gets hurt, of course. Right? It's um, no, because I mean, it, it's that's the essence of a great wrestler is that you're able to, you know, um, see those moments at the time and just, you know, grab onto them. And I mean, this like we mentioned before, like um, you know, there's instances like with Brian Danielson or Colt Cabana where certain things have happened in particular matches, and you remind me a lot of Colt Cabana in the sense of you know the way you work and the the instances with the crowd and things and i like that in that it make each match isn't formulaic in a sense in that something always happens which you know you interact with the fans in that way you know and yeah, yeah. they're part of the show in a way you know they are part of the show they become part of the show and that's that's really cool um and i mean like in terms of being a, a baby face i asked this question actually to pete phoenix as well and um Asked it to Peter Alessandra as well, but um, in terms of being a babyface rather than a heel, do you enjoy like some people much prefer being a heel in that they can really push themselves to mm-hmm. you know areas which are completely kind of off kilt, <laughs> whereas some people have been a babyface and the admiration of the fans and you know that love of being a role model and stuff. I mean. Do you love the fact that you're a babyface and that people and kids sort of react to you? Or is there any desire to one day become a heel as well? Do the big turn, you know, um, the thunderbolt to suddenly uh, strike and become a heel? It's, um, no, I, I think that <clears throat> for me, like I've, I've, I've done some heel work, um, yeah. undercard stuff. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, like, so I'm, I'm actually pretty familiar with with what it's like to work heel, um, but you know it's it's like um, for me the connection to the crowd is like the very essence of the pro wrestling. Yeah. What one time like I, I just remember this so strongly where I was like, this was a moment where like this may have woken the power of babyface in me because it's yeah. it's one of the most beautiful moments I've ever had. I um I was out wrestling um on the Isle of Jersey uh, <laughs> and I, I uh we were babyfaces unusually uh at the time I, I used to work heel. Um and um so we, I get thrown out of the ring after having, you know, taken a beating, and I'm, I'm, you know, the head spinning. I'm sitting there, and out of the crowd, and the crowd was, it was all adults, and but, but all the kids are, are like, right at ringside, like a, a meter or so from the ring, and up comes this little boy. He may be six or seven years old, and he just, he kind of dares to walk out, and he says, "Don't give up." <laughs> and I'm like, I just explode with energy, and I'm like, I I parade around the ring, and I'm like, freaking, like full of energy. I get a few high fives from the kids, and then I get back in the ring, and and I mean, the those, that's what gets me, man. Yeah, like the just feeling feeling that you know connection to the crowd, and. For me, to begin with, like professional wrestling is fun. Like yeah. whenever I get to step into the ring, I have fun. It's it's all connected to fun for me. Like yeah. even the pain, even get kicked, getting kicked in the head. I, I'm like, I'm I'm 
so used the physical battery <laughs> from years and years of martial arts and stuff like that. So like everything's just it's just fun to me. So I mean, I just want to keep keep the fun going, you know? Yeah. So um, uh, yeah. It it's you know as a as a kid you always you know like watch the um the baby face like um look at these kids who loved john cena you know at the peak of his i mean i love john cena i think john cena's an incredible he gets a lot of stick but he's such an incredible baby face and the fact that the you know and like have you as a fan actually this is an interesting question that as a as a fan of wrestling, have you? Because you were saying about like the pumping up and the you know to call it the big Hulk up and everything. You can't not do it without going like that. Yeah, yeah. Is there any particular moments as a fan where the Hulk up kind of got you either on screen or in person, like where you got really into it? Like was it Hogan or you know John Cena or Austin or somebody? Was there a moment which kind of grabbed you? Mm. I don't know. Um, I haven't quite thought about it. Like, any good Hulk up is a good Hulk up, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. For for example, um, the one of the like the two really good like moments I think of is is you know Rock versus Hogan and and Hogan versus. Um, the the giant um Andre Andre the giant Andre the giant um, and both both of those matches have these like you know if you would put them I don't know like if if they were put out of the bubble which they are in they they're mm. not you know the greatest technical matches or anything like that like there's a lot of weird shit in, or like they're not fantastic stuff like that but. It's not. It's not about technical wrestling. Who the fuck cares about that? Like, it's 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 about the feeling they that these matches elicit. Yeah. You know, like what goes down when when the crowd, you know, when Hogan starts hulking up on the Rock and like when Rocky, you know, gets his shit going on 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 Hulk and stuff yeah. like that, and, and it's like and the crowd just explodes right yeah um, that, that's i mean that moment is like even i think whether you're a kid or an adult that stare down and, and that there's that great shot at the top of the to at uh, the um toronto um sky dome i believe it is if i'm getting is it the sky dome it's called i always get the name wrong like hogan does <laughs> so, um <laughs> In Toronto, we'll say Toronto. Superdome, Superdome, brother. Yeah, but that shot at the top with all, and the, and then they look like ants, and then they zoom yeah, in, yeah, and yeah, you, yeah, and yeah. you see the stare down. It's like yeah. that's, and you get, you know, that's the moment. That's the that's mm-hmm. the essence of it. That mm-hmm. you know, that's where it is. And you know, I think you can't not watch something like that and that energy and think I can't not get you know adrenaline filled from that. You know, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's phenomenal, exactly. phenomenal. And um, you know, in terms of that, one of the questions I was going to ask to begin with, but um, where did the actual character name Victor, or the the gimmick of the Thunderbolt 
kind of come from? Did it come from the anime? Did it come from video games? Where did it come from? Was it a moment thing? What happened? Where did that come from? So um, it's another part of it. Like I, I've always had this huge admiration for superheroes. And mm. the idea was at the time, at the conception, was that the Thunderbolt was going to have a um, an alter ego uh like billy bolt uh and and billy would be this you know the spectacled version of me with with suspenders and uh, <laughs> you know get bullied around backstage stuff like that and like the idea would be that the crowd the audience would all know it's it's the thunderbolt and eventually like this it will happen like <laughs> but the crowd will everyone is supposed to know it and and he gets bullied, but he never does it. And then somebody else gets bullied, and the thunderbolt shows up. Like that's cool the whole that's that's the whole gimmick. Like yeah. And then eventually, 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 somebody's gonna bully Billy or like Vigo. the The name was in Swedish was supposed to be Vigo because mm-hmm. the the name is Vigan in Swedish. So it's alliterations, you know, like uh, Peter Parker, stuff like that. Yeah. Anyway, um, so the idea was that somebody's going to bully him and and then eventually he's going to transform and, you know, leave that behind and become his true self. And, and oh, wow. that, w- that, would, that would have been like where the character really comes to life. But the problem was that the, the promoter didn't, didn't quite grasp the concept and didn't didn't like that he wanted a wrestler he didn't want like the gimmick and and then what became of it from that for example like i started getting invited for, to finland stuff like that and i had to i had to th- rethink like i couldn't establish that whole story which is you know a, a multi a multi-promo, multi-show story. I couldn't yeah. establish all that in one sitting. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. So who is the Thunderbolt? I, I, I had to start figuring that out. And <clears throat> took me some time, but eventually I figured out like, okay, well, I mean, it's it's a lot of me, obviously, because that's that's what a gimmick often is. And, you know, it's a lot of fun, but also a lot of fight. But what I realized eventually is that the whole thing is about powering up, like hulking up that, that is what a baby face does. So the Thunderbolt became Mr. Power up, which which is, which is the gimmick. Basically I I am like, whatever I do, I I try to power up as I do it. Like I try to get better at everything. I try, if I get better at wrestling, I'm powering up. If I get stronger, I'm powering up. If I, Hulk up in the ring. I'm I'm still powering up. So everything is is power up, and and that's that's why the character, the gimmick is Mister Power Up. It's a brilliant gimmick, and that's that gimmick would have been so awesome to watch. You know, I'd have loved to have seen that. You know, I think it would have been such a cool oh. contrast. You know, the kind of Clark, the the links with Peter Parker, like you said, and Clark Kent and things, and mm-hmm. you know, that would have been that would have been awesome. You know, and maybe awesome. There's still time. There's still time. We could see that because the the final question I was going to ask was, 
now things are beginning to open up a bit more in 2021 from what we've had in 2020. What does the future in 2021 and 2022 hold for Victor Thunderbolt? What are you hoping to achieve this year and the years onwards? What are your main achievements? What are the things you're trying to achieve? So um, <clears throat> I'd say um, freedom pro wrestling will grow. Um, have more shows, draw more crowd, and eventually we can start some kind of <clears throat> kind of more uh, thorough way of of schooling new wrestlers, like having a, a more set curriculum of, of mm-hmm. training stuff like that. So try to improve along those lines. I, I of course I want to wrestle outside of Sweden, Denmark, Finland. I'd love to go to Norway, but <clears throat> I also want to wrestle outside, like anywhere really. Um, but the main goal, I'd say, for me, except that, is I want to tour Japan. Yeah. Like, I really, really want to get in touch with, um, for example, DDT promotions. And f- because <clears throat> I speak really quite I, I speak quite well in Japanese and um, as as a you know Swedish baby face just to come in and and be like Mr. Power Up and, and yeah. go and have fun and I'm like I, you know I'm, I'm really fun loving um, so I'd, I think I'd really fit into their vision of, of fun wrestling for example and I, I think like if I if they got their eyes on me, they they'd see like, holy shit, we can use this guy to get you know translations going for for other wrestlers stuff like that, and he can wrestle, he's fun, he speaks the language, we can make money off of this guy. Like yeah. people will like him, and I I think that's gonna like I think I could reach the Japanese crowd. Yeah. I'd love, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see you in DDT. I'd love to see you face Yoshihiko, who's one of my the greatest wrestler of all time in DDT. <laughs> He'd pile drive the shit out of me. He would. He would. It'd be, it'd be a, it'd be a bloodbath. We wouldn't with the hospital visits and the like. It'd be for not five stars. Right. Dave Meltzer, he'd be there. <laughs> he'd be in the Tokyo yeah. Dome. Seven stars. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> No, no, I'd love to see that happen one day. And, you know, I'm sure I know from seeing your work, you'd be so perfect for DDT. And I hope that does happen. And I will try my hardest to make sure that I can promote you as much as possible to Japanese fans. No, you're welcome. No, absolutely. You know, I'll do all I like with any wrestler I have on the podcast or anywhere, I will promote your work and, um, you know, your um, dreams to many different people and just try to get the name out there so uh, Victor Thunderbolt no you're welcome Victor Thunderbolt will visit DDT one day and you know take Yoshihiko down he will be the man to stop him (laughs) he will hook him up exactly I'll I'll power (laughs) up and freaking rip him to shreds (laughs) brilliant no it's been an absolute pleasure Victor you know as you know I said off air it's been an absolute you know a pleasure to be able to speak to you and to be able to learn more about your career and aspirations and just time in wrestling so far it's been phenomenal so thank you thank you so much for having me it's been great 
Oh, you're welcome. And just to finish off, you know, where can people follow you on social media and link up with you? You know, the flaws you are. So just take it away. It's at Thunderbolt Vegan um, on both uh, Twitter and Instagram. And um, on Twitter, it's it's with no ease <laughs> <laughs> because it's too long. But Thunderbolt <laughs> Vegan. Uh, so just search for uh, Thunderbolt Vegan. <laughs> No, V-I-G-G-E-N. certainly will do as I did. And um, we'll put all the links down at the bottom of the description for everybody to be able to follow Victor. And um, just thank you once again for, for coming on and definitely try and speak to you again at some point about things that have been going on in the wrestling world or just your career, even more about your career one day if you would like the opportunity. That would be awesome. No, you're welcome. And um, just to finish off, everybody, uh, you can find BBG Wrestling on Twitter at BBG Wrestling, and you can find our website at www.bbgwrestling.com. So that's it for me, Stephen Jackson, with another exclusive interview with Victor Thunderbolt of Scandigraps. So see you all later, everybody. <laughs>